What are you doing? Singing that thing. We're not talking about that thing. We're talking about John Carpenter's The Thing from 1982. I, I don't I don't understand the difference. <sighs> Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Horror Fort. I'm Danny. And I'm Stephanie. Thanks so much for all the feedback you guys have been giving us. Uh, last week we did Crimson Peak and uh, that episode was much better than the previous one. And We we really enjoy like your guys' feedback. We like hearing um, what you like about our podcast, what you like about the movies, and also what you dislike about our podcast and about the movies that we review. Um, so we've been getting a lot of really awesome feedback, um, a lot of constructive feedback and positive feedback and all sorts of just lots of feedback so which is great because i mean we can only get better if we have feedback otherwise we're just two crazy people sitting in a room speaking at the microphones for some reason <laughs> which we already are which don't get me wrong we are it. those people and i'm okay with that i hope you are too but anyway so this week we did a classic film john carpenter's the thing stephanie tell us a bit about that So I'll just go ahead and start off with a synopsis here. Um, In remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. A resourceful helicopter pilot, Kurt Russell, and the camp doctor, Richard Dysart. Is that how you pronounce it? Sure, yeah, we'll just run with it. Okay lead the camp crew in a desperate, gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them all off, one by one. So, yes, I think it goes without saying. I mean, this is a John Carpenter film, so there's going to be some pretty great things to say about it, uh, especially from the uh, special effects side, because he's just known for having great visuals and effects that really sell the idea of whatever the movie's presenting. so yeah, initially this movie, yeah, as we as I mentioned before, it's, it was released in 1982, um, and it was pretty weak at the box office. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really due to the fact that it came out two weeks after ET. You can't really compete with ET. Well, yeah, this is true. I mean, it, I mean ET's you know so much you know optimistic, hopeful type of movie. It's ET, and it's ET. He's pretty great. And plus, E.T. went on to be the highest grossing film of all time until Jurassic Park came out. Right. So that's a lot of, that's a lot to go up against. It also, I mean, it also went up against another not so unknown sci-fi film that weekend also called Blade Runner. Oh yeah, what's Blade Runner? No one knows about that ever. No one knows what Blade Runner is. I don't know what that is. (laughs) So yeah, it had a, initially it had a really hard time finding its audience. Uh, Even critically, it was pretty mixed reviews from... Uh, most critics, you know, they praise, you know, the effects and all that stuff. But in terms of storytelling and the gore factor, they really were like, yeah, that really pushed it too far. That wasn't, they didn't really care for that part, mm-hmm. which was very. Uh, which is crazy because that's what I like most about this. Well, yeah. And that's why like over time it developed a very big cult following. And even now, it's, it's just considered to be a great movie. Like if you go to Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's certified fresh at 8%. Yeah. So even critics have turned around like, no, no, we were wrong. 
That's actually a great movie. <laughs> they ate their words. So we had our general impressions. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> so, um, again, there was some general impressions there. So at this time, if you haven't seen this movie, um, you might want to stop listening or continue to listen and just be spoiled. But, I mean, let's be honest. If you haven't seen a movie that came out in 1982, I mean, especially when it's this movie, it's shame on fault. you. It's your fault. Shame on it's you. It's your fault. We're going to talk about it. Spoiler. You're yeah. lucky we're giving you a spoiler tag. Yeah, we should have just, just dove just right into, right into it. it. But mm, whatever. We're I nice mean, that I way. I mean, we are nice people, and we try to be sympathetic towards our listeners, but in this case, fuck you. Go see the movie. I haven't seen this movie I mean, yet. Shit. What's wrong with Come you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, All what right. did you like about this? Well, I guess first let's just start with Kurt Russell because I love Kurt Russell. I love everything he does. Because he's a dreamboat. Yes, I have a man crush on Kurt Russell. I mean, but honestly, who doesn't have a man crush on Kurt Russell? Fair enough. But he's just he he's. The action hero guy. You know, he's worked with Carpenter, you know, a few other times, even before this movie. I mean, I think this is his third film with John Carpenter. And, I mean, it's just a natural fit. I, I couldn't see really anyone else besides Kurt Russell playing this role, which is just what you want in a movie like this. You want to have a clear, pronounced hero to push you through this film, even though it's a crazy film that's not hopeful at all whatsoever Mm -hmm. and there's not a happy ending (laughs) never there's never a happy ending when it comes to extraterrestrial takeovers no there never is unless if it's war of the worlds and they just die because of bacteria we're all gonna die of bacteria someday it's true Mm. just you know just food for thought everyone just a little bit of food for thought you're all gonna die (laughs) Um, I liked, I liked that it was kind of like a, um, it was very authentic because I just like one of my favorite things about, about it was the, uh, monsters or the, the creatures, like the the, creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess you would. They call them the things like the running dog thing. Well, I mean, that was like just a dog, but you know, the, so the, um, so I guess the, the thing that. The uh, spider head thing. The cre- the the thing that this creature does is uh, it duplicates. Uh, it mimics. It m- mimics organ. Well, yeah, it mimics organisms around them to kind of hide in their place. Yeah, so it kind of you know it like looks at this dog and finds a way to imitate the dog, and so it's not necessarily this dog, but it looks like a dog, and it kind of brings light to the <laughs> if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck. It's a duck, except for when you're in the thing, and then it could be a creature that's been hidden in the ice for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and has imitated the look of a duck, and then then that whole and analogy it, is wrong. And then it eats your face. <laughs> and then it eats your face, and that's how that ends. Um, but my favorite thing was the the creatures themselves. So when they're trying to assimilate to their um, to the organism around them. They like kind of shoot out these weird little like tentacle like tentacle arms tentacle arms things and yeah. flailing about. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, but so they they are monsters before they like you know appear to be whatever the organism is that they're trying to mimic. 
And in a couple instances, there was one with um, the lar- there's like a large dog thing where it like assimilates to yeah. all of the huskies that yeah, are in yeah, the because pen. They, because they put the dog that they uh, brought in via the Norway chase at the very beginning in, mm-hmm. in the kennel with the rest of their sled dogs. And then from there, like the thing, I keep referring to it as the, the thing, thing because that's what it is. You it is the you, thing. They never tell you like, yes, we know it's an alien, but you know, that's all we know. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. And from there, it kind of like the dogs sense that it's, that there's something weird about this creature you know it, it's they can sense it's not a real dog because dogs know things they, they so, know they know what's going on so it's at that point that the uh thing dog <laughs> if that makes sense dog thing dog dog thing dog thing yeah okay <laughs> so they call it and everything it, i've seen oh, is so it really? they say oh. like something thing so it'll be like dog thing the dog thing yeah i don't know but basically so the dog thing um assimilates to like a whole group of huskies and it forms like one giant multi-headed husky thing and it looks crazy and it was pretty awesome but i was really so there's that's one instance the other instance is um the spider head thing so when one of the guys is not feeling well basically the head detaches from his body in a really creepy, fantastic way, and then sprouts little spider legs and walks around with this guy's horrified face as the body. It's really well done, and I just, I was really, um, it was really interested in in the artistry that was used for that because in 1982 they weren't really using they weren't using animation to like do any of this kind of stuff, so they were using um, puppetry and stop motion to kind of get that gruesome effect, and I think it was just. If anything, this movie should have just been rated highly for that. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, that's something that separates, you know, these older films from ones of today. Uh, There's a sense of, you know, there's something tangible about these older films because they use real practical effects. Uh, Like, you can reach out and you can touch it. Whereas, you know, computers, you know, no, it's not real. I mean, we all know it's not real. Yeah, like the slimy thing is actually slimy. It's not being, you know, animated as a slimy thing. It's yeah, like, it's an actual slimy thing. Like it's an actual slimy thing with pe- with multiple people operating different parts of this puppet. Right. Co- you know, coordinating and timing the perfect like s- splurts of slime and you know blood and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and it's just it. I agree. It's something that was always hot, you know praised about this film even back when it was released the the effects it was even nominated for an academy award unfortunately did not win yeah no it's nonsense the academy has always been nonsense for the most part yeah i'm looking at you academy and your dark knight no nomination bullshit danny's, danny's a little uh a little upset about that anyway <laughs> it's true but fun side note uh, i mean the majority of the of those puppets and effects were created by Rob Rob Botton and his team, mm-hmm. but uh, they were so overworked creating all these uh, puppets that you know they were obviously overworked, and they reached out to Stan Winston to kind of offload some of the work excess, and Stan Winston is he's like well known for everything. Well, yeah, like yeah, and Stan Winston went on to do Terminator, right and aliens. aliens like he made he like he made the alien queen 
that we're all so familiar with. Yes. Yes. And, and the Predator and Jurassic Park. I mean, like you, all the you, amazing you stuff. have to bring up Jurassic Park if you're talking about Stan Winston. Right. But uh, he and his team actually made the dog puppet in the kennel. Ah. So The giant multi-headed dog thing. Yeah. So that, that was just an added bonus when I was looking more into this film because I didn't realize that Stan Winston had been tapped to do or just to help out with this film. And that just added another another level to the effects. Yeah. To the effects. I, I just have a lot of respect for really well done special effects that are that are authentic and um, just really well done, really well done effects like things like that. I think that they make a movie or they break a movie depending upon whether they're well done or not. And in this case, I just was really impressed with all of that. Um, obviously, that was a huge part of the movie and it could have been very hokey and it ended up being amazing. And I think that it really holds up to like its time too. Like you still like watch that movie and you're like, what is that? That's so gross. Like, what is that thing? And I think that's so funny that it still holds up to that, you know, 20 something, 30 something years later. Wow. Yeah, 30 something years, years later. Yeah, it's great. Like, you know, we. 30 years later. Uh, I mean, just re watching this film. I mean, because I, I, I watched this growing up, mm-hmm. loved it then, and just re watching it today. I mean, it holds up so well. It really does. I just want to, I really just had kind of one more thing I really wanted to highlight. Uh, it's the cinematography. I mean, it, it was shot beautifully, as most of John Carpenter's films are. And uh, he teamed up with uh, Dean Kundi, you know, for the, I think it was the fourth time on this film, uh, having done Halloween and Escape from New York. Uh, and what was that other one? Ah, oh, yes, The Fog. I always forget about The Fog. We'll have to mm-hmm. add that to the list and do that one day. Forget about that, too. We'll have to add that for sure. It's a good. That'll be a good one. But that's really all that I had really that I really wanted to highlight in the podcast. I mean, it's just it's such a great film. I could talk about more of it. However, we would just be here for hours and hours listening to just my voice and no one really wants that. <laughs> I just really I liked how much um just like even the the storyline, it they do a really good job of setting up like the game of who done it kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. It's a really good job of igniting like a frenzy of mistrust and suspicion and paranoia. It's it's like almost an Ar- Antarctica. Um, it's almost an Antarctic space alien version of the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, it's a very that's a very good uh, way to put that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. It's great. And the dislikes. Do you have any dislikes? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I really don't. I mean. One could probably argue that, like, the overall story, if there is one, is not that strong. But it's not really about that. I mean, this is just, this is more so about conveying this idea of this Mm -hmm. terrifying creature, which, you know, as a result, forces these men to start mistrusting one another and really becoming... A bunch of lone wolves, which is eventually is the demise of everyone because no one's trusting mm-hmm. of one another. I agree. I don't think that there's anything to dislike about it. Um, even if the storyline itself is not exactly the strongest point, that's not really the entire point of this movie. It's to be, to, you know, ignite that feeling and to, you know, there's so many things that are well done in it that bring. It's really interesting to have a movie so well done that doesn't have a strong storyline. Um, which is why I enjoyed this movie so much. So 
Um, the only thing I, I was kind of confused on um, was when they went to research out what the Norwegians were researching. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went to, you know, the crashed the ship that they had found. Um, once they hit the spaceship, I was like, well, there's a giant spaceship. So it sort of already brought me to the level of like hopelessness, which the ending is supposed to bring you to that level of hopelessness of, oh, well, they don't accomplish, you know, keeping this on guard or keeping this under wraps or keeping this thing from getting out to the general public or getting anywhere else. Um, I mean, I guess I just saw like if they're excavating a giant spaceship, isn't all hope already sort of lost? Or I, that might just be the pessimist in me, but I just already saw that and I was like, well, we're all screwed, so it doesn't matter. You know, because it's like, okay, they can kill the one thing, but there it's a spaceship full of them, probably. There's probably other items that you can find within that spaceship. I would have been a little bit better with them finding just the the dog. And not really finding a spaceship, but being like, oh, there's a wreckage and it's frozen underneath the ground or something like that. Or it, just having it not excavated, I guess, is my is my thing. Because once you kind of show the excavation of a giant spaceship where there's more of them, it kind of gives you that sense of hopelessness that the ending is supposed to give you. Like the sense of defeat. Like I felt the sense of defeat before, you know, before they even were infiltrated with that camp. Like when they're like, well, we better go see what happened to them. And they saw that. I was like, oh, we're all just fucked. That's fine. Yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, they don't really, uh, they don't go into too much detail about Mm-mm. what's been uncovered at the site, per se, or anything True. like that. Uh, all that we really know is that they surfaced it. They found this thing outside the ship, mm-hmm. frozen in the ice. So that's why that one thawed, got out, right, and so on. But they don't really discuss what's inside the ship exactly I don't, I don't i don't really no one really went into the ship no not which even is like, so no, weird not even like from the norwegian side they just dropped in some thermite bombs and tried to blow it up i think is what they is did. that what happened i don't really remember what or happened. it was either that or they used the thermite bombs to uncover the ship mm-hmm. like i think they may have found the hatch oh yeah to it and then they used bombs to blow up stuff around the hatch to uncover the ship it just, I don't know. To me, I just could have done without the ship discovery altogether just because, I don't know. Like, because just when you have that already happening, then you're like, well, what's in the ship? And, like, you're all focused on how many of these have gotten out and, like, are what's in the ship and what's happening here. And it just, I don't know. It was, it just was unnecessary to me, to the storyline. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I don't, maybe the entire point isn't to to veil that hopelessness until the end. Maybe it's supposed to be like, oh my God, like they're already screwed, even though they're trying so hard to fight this off. So again, like, I don't think it was a poorly done thing. It just, to me and in my own opinion and how I viewed the movie, it already sort of set me up for disinterest in the fact that they were like ever going to make it out. Yeah. And you, you bring up a valid point and I, while I disagree, I don't necessarily think like it hurts the film. I mean, really, even you don't even think. No, it I don't think it either. hurts the film. I just uh, think, from my perspective, yeah, it from your, changed it. Yeah, it's just I can't help but agree with you in the sense of like in the overall like larger picture, like they mm-hmm. didn't need to go there. Like they have the footage from their Norwegians. They right. have you know all the data that they uncovered. You know, they don't need to go look at any of it. Like they could, the story yeah. could still progress from that point on. Agreed. 
So I don't think it adds anything, but I don't think it detracts anything. I just think from my perspective, it kind of set a level of hopelessness for me a little bit earlier than I would have probably preferred for this movie. But that's maybe. just me. Maybe other people don't see it that maybe way. Maybe it was so. just added fluff. I mean, who knows? Fluff. <laughs> yeah, that's my only thing. But other than that, I, I, I mean, again, if that's my only dislike, <laughs> I have no complaints. So what would you rate this as? Ah, the rating system. Um, I, you know, this movie was amazing. Um, it's classic. It's amazing. It's a Carpenter film. It's awesome. Um, I'm going to give it 4.5 out of 5 campfires. I'm going to give it 5 out of 5 campfires. Ooh. Our very first 5 out of 5. Shoot. Yeah, I just, when I really can't find anything wrong with it, and it's just master masterfully executed in the way that it is, it's just... How can I? I mean, it's this is a must see. You have to see this movie. Yeah. So I mean, it, it deserves that five out of five. Agreed. Okay. I'm still sticking with four point five. Oh no! But I'm not yeah. trying to dissuade you. Don't dissuade me. Though I really wish you would, but I'm not trying to. Four point five, man. Though you should. Four point five. Five. Four point five. Five. Four point five. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so yeah. Anyway, so this was. This was a great film, everyone. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. I'm not sorry. If you haven't seen it, what's the matter with you? Go watch it. Go watch the movie. Go do this. This has been another episode of the Horror Fort Podcast. You can find us at horrorfort.com and at Horror Fort Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But it's just so hard to do Every time you do that thing you do We're not doing that thing either Oh man It's not the thing (sighs)